All right, welcome to the Still Unsponsored Podcast. This is episode 24. 24? Back to our regularly scheduled programs. Not a full day of Still Unsponsored. Not a full day. some would believe it is. Right, exactly. So, because we are here breaking news, uh, (laughs) I figured what we would do is talk about basically the transition from work from home and what we've been seeing happen out there in the marketplace. So, we've got kind of some... I think we ha- we have some interesting perspectives and in uh, experience. So, both of us worked from a company that was geographically distributed. So we were um, always uh, doing the you know people on video conferencing, and then you went to a hundred percent distributed company. Yep. Uh, while I went back in time to a company that was not used to the uh, the distribution at all. Hmm. Um, and really had to fight the, you know, we had, we had individuals fight that were, the need. that were fighting the technology. Mm. Um, can so, I dial you on my landline? <laughs> that was a thing. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, granted we've all now been in quarantine for, you know, what, two months now, a month. Uh, this will be week 11 for the wife and me. Yeah. So it was sort of like past news. So I'm hoping to extract from you how exactly do we stay sane uh, in a exclusively no physical contact with your coworkers type environment. Um, and in the process, we'll just talk about, uh, you know, pro tips for working from home. First. First. Don't go in knowing that you're sane. <laughs> <laughs> That will be your biggest mistake. That, that's a that's a pro tip. That's okay. a pro tip. Uh, know, know your limitations know and your limitations. and the outer bounds of your sanity. Yes. So what's been interesting about this is, uh, despite working from home uh, for quite a number of years now, um, I still had a lot more flexibility than I do now. So the work from home situation is actually different for me, as it has been. Uh, case in point, you know, it, being very flexible, going running to the Costco, you know, at twelve o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. Now I can't even do that, or going to a coffee shop a couple times a week just to get out. Can't do that. So, was there any sort of adjustment between going from a office environment where you had a lot of remote coworkers to one hundred percent work from home? Like, what was that like? Uh, yeah, there was a little bit, but. Um, you know, because you're on the video conference all day anyways, it was a little bit of an easier transition. I think the, you know, the, the, the water cooler talk, so to speak, definitely is a factor. So you have to find ways to kind of do that on your own or be proactive about being the water cooler conversant. Conversant? conversant. So you've got to seek out that social interaction. You must interaction. seek out. Yeah, because it's very easy. I mean, I'm already introverted to begin with, but it's very easy to be introvert online. You just don't talk. And so... Um, you start to, you, there's almost a little bit of a paranoia, I think, um, when you're, you're on your own little island there. And so, uh, yeah, you, you have to be proactive about your, your communications with folks and remind them that you're still there. Okay, so I want to I come back to that. The question I really want to ask, or one of the questions that you brought up is, um, how, how well do you think you get to know your coworkers? Or like, how do you get to know your coworkers if you're never going to meet them? I'm a little jaded right now. Uh, not jaded, but um, I'm enjoying this. So I started a new job, uh, which was kind of similar to where we were in the past, where it was much more physically based, 
uh, where I'm still the remote one. That's kind of the outlier. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been interesting watching people go through that transition, right? So, you know, new guy, starting a new job, remote. Hey, I'm on an island over here. Guess what? Everyone else is on an island. Um, It's been interesting. It's been challenging. It's been fun watching everyone kind of deal the same stuff that I've been dealing with. Um, So it, it, it's been enjoyable. I think, um, you know, for me, one of the interesting things is there's still that need for human contact, right? So if the job I was going into said absolutely no human contact, you're not traveling, you're not visiting the people in office, quite honestly, that'd be a little bit of a different story. Um, you know, the, the premise that I had was I'll still travel and meet these people so they know who they're talking to over email, who they're talking to on a, a hangout see see that that human interaction um that's gone now <laughs> that's like flat out gone so it's it's very interesting so because i i i think that both of us carrying experience into this would say that that the remote employee does tend to be a little bit more paranoid yes and i felt like i always felt like managing remote employees i had to over communicate to yep. them and reassure them that any news was not bad news Yep. Um, because they would kind of miss the, you know, they would get a lot of headlines without a lot of the like, not really news headlines. Not even, not even the headlines. So think about it when you're working in a physical office and just people stopping by your desk, right? And just yeah. shooting the shit with you or just mm-hmm. chatting or just giving that vibe out, right? So if your manager or someone else is just there chatting, there's that, that sense of calm. There's a sense of, Belonging is not the right word, but there's that sense that you kind of know what's Normalcy, going on. Normalcy, maybe. Normalcy, right? And so yeah. imagine taking that, and everyone is kind of dealing with this right now, where, okay, the only communication you have is via when someone comes out and gives you a instant message of some sort or an email. Yeah. Right? So like that 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 backhand communication, that, that behind-the-scenes stuff that, quite frankly, doesn't matter, is gone. So all you're getting is just the emails that come out. I'm not, look, I love you, man, but I'm not going to write you an email just because, like, unless there's right. something going on, I'm not writing you an email. Right. And so that's, that's, that's what, imagine that's just what you get all day, every day. It's just yeah. that waterfall of need to know what's going on, WTF, that type of stuff. So were you compensating for your human interaction with people outside the organization or were you seeking out that human interaction with people inside the organization just going out of your way to... A little, bit, a little bit of both. So I was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, run my own company for a little while. And I would go to a co-working space, right? And so at a co-working space, there's a lot of freelancers there. There's also a lot of small businesses. I was at, fun side side note, it was very interesting to see how many two, three, four person companies uh, are in a shared co-working space, just to show you how much things have changed recently. Um but yeah, I would go out and seek and talk to people and, and build the interaction. And even there's no business sense, but just to talk and say, hey, what's going on? Or maybe there's a marketer that I could talk to or even a salesperson with ideas or something like that. Sure. Like it's, you get that. Um, and then internally, yeah, it's the same thing too. It's like you find your people and you just, you just chat with them. You just find time to, to chat with them. Those few minutes before everyone jumps on to a Zoom call or something, those are always fun. Like you start riffing and talking and you do the you know how's your weekend how's the weather all that good stuff are people using slack channels like more than they would that are like off-topic slack slack channels um my opinions no uh Mm -hmm. there's the hr slack channels where they're it's forced remember forced fun like 
<laughs> forced fun. That's that's yeah. kind of what that's yeah, kind of what those yeah, remind me yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> kind of what that reminds me of. <laughs> but for the most part, like a lot of people are, just, it's dragged on a one still. It's still, your your kind of cohorts are still together. Your little your, your minglings and whatnot. Um, I mean, what what did you see? So I'm actually interested. I've been rambling on here. Like you went from legit like offline, old school. Right. Right. So same experience so you and i came from the same place right we're right. video conferencing yep. all the time yep. that's built into the dna you you know just being a internationally distributed company but with offices in all these other places there's always someone on video yep. call you know so you just know that you know everyone's trained that you walk into the conference room you fire up the google hangout and then the meeting proceeds right so then i went to a company where that DNA wasn't built in and you had people that were used to maybe an older style of communication where you would rely on a landline and I, Extension, I think please. yeah well but so technology also plays a huge role in there because if your if your internet connection in the building is struggling because you're a growing business and you've maxed out the number of seats in the business or in the building and you've saturated the internet connection uh having a having a video call running in every conference room also can be problematic and people fall back onto those landlines. So I, I think that, you know, a lot of meetings that happened in HQ happened in HQ and my team was different from a lot of other teams inside HQ because we were internationally distributed. And so in the morning... special. Yeah, special. In the morning, you know, we had the Europeans. In the evening, we had we had the Asians, um, and so there was all there was still kind of that like someone dialing in from the outside, yeah, type situation. But the rank and file like marketing coordinator didn't necessarily have experience that. That was more like the directors and above would would experience that. So we can break this down on like what was the experience like for uh taking our marketing team and transitioning them to remote and then what was it like for the organization and so the marketing team itself was very interesting because i had um a bunch of uh a couple of newer employees where this was their first marketing job their first professional marketing job (laughs) welcome to the jungle right (laughs) um and and so I, when Corona happened, uh, I sent out an email that was like, "Hey guys, here's the things that I think you should do. I think that you know, as much as possible, you should build a battle station. You know, have a dedicated space where you work. Um, and then you know, but again, a lot of them live in like 500 square foot apartments right. which, where that's not possible. Right. Um, you know, I think that you should get up and get dressed and start your work, and then try and like end your work so keep a routine it's like get ready for work work end your work have a routine yep so that the days don't just blend together and that protects you from working at sort of a low inefficient level all the time as well as protecting some semblance of work-life balance yep because i think we've both seen workaholics develop from work from home uh Maybe. Well, I guess the question is, were they workaholics before they worked from home? Maybe. I sort of assumed that the the work from home enabled them because there was no barrier between their personal life and their work life. I don't know. I, 
my opinion is if you get someone that works nine to five clocks in clocks out so to speak mentally they do that anyway they do that anyways yeah maybe yeah yeah that's my impression yeah um but it, i mean it is much easier obviously to work and just work and work and work right. and work yeah you know i think the other thing is that i noticed was if they were offset from hq so let's say they lived west of hq they would get up to start their day earlier for their time zone but on time for hq's time zone that. and then they would work until the end of I, their day i do that <laughs> right i do that yeah so they end up working more yeah. hours yep. yeah yep that's how i roll so um yeah so for and then the other thing that i implemented which was unusual for our organization at at its stage was daily stand-up and so that that really it was almost a little bit less for the employees as almost the broader organization so that they could see they could have visibility into what the marketing team was working mm-hmm. on uh, they could pop in at any point and kind of see what was going on what were you working on um all sorts of stuff mm. and <laughs> but i saw almost everyone on the executive team pop pop in at some point mm-hmm. and they'd pop in and they'd be like oh this is happening and mm-hmm. then they'd you know leave um and then they wouldn't come back right yep yeah exactly they kind of had confidence that they that it was happening and they didn't need to come back yeah so on the organization side i do think that there was a big learning curve and it's still happening where uh the marketing team being more technology focused individuals latched on to google hangouts and slack like immediately and it wasn't a problem did you already have slack in the organization before yes Yes. yeah it was slack and google yep Um, And then there was, we flirted with Zoom, um, which honestly, I think Zoom has better audio video, but it's just not as tightly integrated if you're Google Suite. Interesting. Yeah. So, side note. Yeah. We are Slack, Microsoft Office. Oh. Yeah. Oh, 365 or whatever they're calling it this week. Yes, 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 yes. And then Zoom. Uh you know, it's funny. So, we, like, you know, the, the space I work in is a little bit more tightly regulated, the financial industry. Yeah. Uh, and what's really interesting is how all the Zoom uh, hacks and cracks and security flaws and everything else, when you really start digging into it, it's actually a pretty good piece of software. Like the, the hacks and stuff aren't really hacks. It's just people being lazy and not putting passwords on their meetings. Like, <laughs> don't know what you can do, guys. Uh, I, I thought that. about that years ago with Google Hangouts. I'm like, you know, it was it was always like three numbers dash yes, three numbers yes. dash three numbers. And you, you could conceivably, you could crawl that yes. and then you could monitor. Yes. Of course, everyone would figure out like, why is there a, a Joe Schmo, Joe Schmo outside here. the organization, yeah. you know, trying to creep on my meetings. Right. Um, Same thing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Different tangent. <laughs> but yes. Yes. Right. It's, it's funny that we both have those thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that the, the technology barrier was really with like people that had more established modes of interaction that they were used to. And it was almost just, you could say, like, resistance to change would be resistance to change, yeah. you know, and if they were able to roll with the punches, like, if you rolled out, like, hey, we were switching from Microsoft to, to Google or Google to Microsoft or whatever, and they were going to be okay with that, yeah. you know, then they're not going to have a problem, you know, transitioning. But if they have problems, you know, just on an average day getting their Google Hangouts to work, you know, it, it's going to be a problem. Do you, not to 
generalize and stereotype here at all, but do you think there's any ageism going on? Um, I don't know because I think that, yeah, it's, well, it's easier to throw those darts. Yeah. Um, because frequently the people that do have a hard time adapting are a little bit older. Um, but, but I don't think that's really fair because, you know, especially when you look at like, you know, engineering teams and stuff like that, it, it's like they're, they, they would prefer to like sit next to each other, but call each other on Google Hangouts so that it's that much less like social interaction. Right. I'm now there's a stereotype. For no you. kidding. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um, you know, so that wasn't, you know, that wasn't a problem. Um, maybe. So you know, you think way back to um, way back to our experience at the company that we met. Um, we typically did at least one of the interviews via video conferencing, and yeah, and I'm I always look back on that and think that that is a a really good sorting mechanism because if someone can't get that right in the in the interview, it's going to be a problem going forward, and so it's almost like. You know, you don't ask them, hey, are you okay with Google Hangouts? It's like, no, you make them get on the Google Hangout. And, yeah. you know, if they can't eliminate the echo, uh, you know, uh, maybe this isn't going to work out. <laughs> I think it's part of its job, though, too, right? I mean, yes, for our jobs, we're very externally facing or even internally facing. And it's a lot of, you know, yeah. video conferencing nowadays and that such. Th- I, yeah, possibly. Um I think it depends on the job. Like, for example, your engineer folk. Yeah. Uh, if an engineer was not able to finagle a Google Hangout, but they were a brilliant programmer, I don't necessarily think that's a disqualifying attribute. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. You're right. And, you know... Can, can you commit code? Yes. Cool. Yeah. So, let me ask you this. Like, let's bring it closer to home. Let's say it's a front-end... Uh, developer mm-hmm. right brilliant front-end developer yep. but you know can't seem to work out where the echo is coming from you slack buddy that's how you do it so this is this is the other part too so yeah. i um you know for much as as a type a introvert that i am i'm also very much a uh over communicator mm-hmm. across different channels so talking with you i hate it with a passion because it's you yeah yeah um, i understand that right but but i do understand what you're feeling <laughs> like and it you know you know if you do like the myers-briggs stuff you know i i'm very much like i understand that see thing. i'm the opposite i enjoy talking to you but i have no idea what you're feeling <laughs> or you don't care that's, that's <laughs> more one. accurate yeah doesn't matter uh but i'm very intuitive right like I, I i understand what people are feeling and i try to over communicate with them so whether it's on a you know a slack i'll, I'll literally do this with slack now right so you type a message out and you're like, oh, in my mind, instantly, I think, how are they going to interpret this? And more often than not, besides my fat fingering of every word that I type, I will go back and correct my statement that I make or my question or whatever it is to further explain what's going on over Slack, right? So instantly, I'm putting myself in that person on the, the receiver's end of how they're going to try to interpret this. And so for me personally, what that does is it cuts down on the confusion, the communication issues, et cetera. So going back to the paranoia thing and everything else, it kind of starts to hopefully eliminate a lot of that. So it's you're basically saying that you have experience and because you know that you because you 
know what the person on the other end of the phone's going through, you try and head Hopefully. it off. Hopefully, yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. try to head it off exactly. Yep. Right, yeah. exactly. Okay, so uh, let's do a couple questions. So the two questions I want to talk about is uh, just like, let's talk about gear setup, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then let's talk about like, do we, what do we think the future is going to be like? Sure. Because if you make enough predictions, some of it will be true. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm a genius. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was looking back on our like 2017 uh, prediction show and, uh, oh my God. yeah. Wait, we've been friends for that long. Yeah. Surprisingly. <laughs> well, are we calling it that friends? Is that uh, <laughs> Zach? Zach is a guy I know. Uh, this dude. <laughs> This this guy <laughs> forces me to sit down and talk. Right, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, literally forces you. Uh, <laughs> as I, I, pl- no I ply you with alcohol and make you uh, unconsent to <laughs> doing a podcast. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. Okay. So, uh, top tips for Battle Station. <laughs> All right, Battle Station tip number one: set yourself up like a desktop. Always have at least one external monitor, two, full keyboard, full mouse, period. No questions asked. Yep. Expense to the company, have IT pay for it, done. Like, you to sit there hunched over a laptop monitor for eight plus hours a day, it's a non-starter. Just flat out. We're talking about last week, too, about ergonomics. Like, as right. silly as it sounds, it's actually really important. So... You have to think about it this way. When you go sit down at a, you know, your office, at a cubicle, or wherever, whatever is there is there. So this is your opportunity to get something that's comfortable for you that makes it work for you. Um, so get get the chair that helps your posture out. Get a desk that helps you have strong figure and posture so that you're not hunched over like a hunchback. Well, and it's yours. And it's yours. It's yours. So yes. I have a couple thoughts on this. Uh, one is I kind of almost am starting to view workstations both at the office and now at the home office since that's becoming more and more of a thing Mm -hmm. for everyone um like that's the tools that you know if you're a mechanic you bring your tools to the Mm -hmm. shop right like frequently that's how that works um and these are our tools of the trade yep so if you like monitors that are a certain way or if you like a certain keyboard or you like a certain mouse like i'm beyond insisting that the company pays for it yep and just like I'll just bring that, yep. right? Because I don't, you. I don't like it when my forearms hurt. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. yeah. If your forearms hurt, that's a problem. You should definitely get that corrected. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you, you know, we were talking about hunched over, uh, you know, a laptop, right? So that was another thing that I told my, um, you know, my entry-level marketers going into, uh, into Corona time, which is it's so tempting to just grab your laptop and not, not get out of bed. Yep. You know, or just hunch over on the couch and and work from there. But like it'll take hours before your neck is screaming. Yep. And you know, that's just not a path you want to go down. I mean, so unrelated but related, like I had that wrist thing a couple yep. of years ago, which turned out to be very tight this because horrible posture and I was traveling all the time. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and so the posture will catch up to you. I mean, I was not an old gentleman at that point and it, it caught up to me. Um, it's not something to joke around with. Like legitimately went to physical therapy, the whole nine yards. It, the posture is critically important. Are most of your meetings camera on or camera off? Uh, it depends on the policy. Uh, external facing hit or miss internal is mostly camera on. Is that a written policy or is that just like a 
a, a little bit of both a little bit of both depends on the team depends on where it is yeah right right um and do you think about the way that that camera presents you 100 percent. i uh i take very much consideration what's behind me yeah. i take very much consideration what i look like um again that's your impression to the world so right. if you look like a schmuck people perceive you as a schmuck right um look professional you don't have to go crazy overboard like you don't wear a button up top or anything but look presentable i mean you could do the newscaster and like have <laughs> have a like polished background and be wearing a a you know presentable shirt and sure. then no pants uh, <laughs> sure speaking of which did you see that one guy like i think it was abc news or something he he was in his underwear and the camera <laughs> pan was a little too wide and so they caught just the upper part of his quad and so they saw the exposed leg i'll have to go check that oh out. yeah it was pretty funny he's like oh yeah you guys got me like it was just it was no joke but anyways. right but yes but now like with zoom you know like the virtual background and everything you know that that's pretty cool stuff right you know there's there's no excuse i uh especially if you're if you're a permanent worker from home to me there's no excuse not to look professional i right now is a little bit of a different time like people are just in situations that they could not imagine so if you're taking a call from your kitchen or your couch or whatever fine but if you're a full-time worker from home right Get get your workstation, right. your battle station, as you call it, set up to, yeah. to look presentable. Yeah, is my, is my opinion. And you have a you have a stand up desk. I have a stand up desk. I also have a dedicated office, which I know yep. is a luxury most you know a lot of people can't yep. can't do. Right. For me, that's been absolutely critical to have a workspace that's just for work. Um, I am a workaholic by nature, so I'm in there by seven o'clock every morning, maybe seven thirty. Yep. And we'll be there until five six o'clock at night. But when that time comes, I'm done. Um. Don't and to the point where I actually leave my phone and my iPad in my office, so I'm not disturbed with work. Right, like I literally have a very defined this is me time time. And you uh, have positioned your computer in front of a window. I have yes. Uh, that is a novice mistake to have your back to the window. So if your back's to the window, you go on camera. Everything's you're faded out. You're a silhouette. Uh, so I do that for that reason, but also I like to look outside the window. Like, so again, it's, it's a double win. It's a double win, right? <laughs> like you're there all day. Make it comfortable for you. I like looking out the window and seeing what's going on in the world. Right, right, right. Exactly. So I, I like a lot of what you said there. Um, I obviously think a lot about my background. I positioned my get shit done poster uh, behind me, um, you know, and that's always a crowd pleaser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, you know, and I... As soon as we went into uh, into quarantine and it looked like this was going to be long term, you know, I discovered that my chair was was killing my neck, mm -hmm. you know, and so got the sit to stand desk, got the crazy stool that that you're sitting on. And yeah, you know, same thing. I, I'm lucky enough to have a dedicated space that, you know, is my office, one of our guest bedrooms. Uh, that's just sort of I can set it up exactly. Yep how I want it. And it's transformed substantially since, yep. you know, since we've been in quarantine. Yep. Even if you don't have a dedicated space, especially during these times, like you can carve out a specific What do you mean by now. these times? This is, this is, we were talking about hot buttons. I know. Earlier. I was, I know I did that on you, purpose. You did that just, on purpose. I, so you know, see if I would catch you. Yep. Exactly. I'm like, it's not okay. The people, it's not these times <laughs> we're in a global pandemic. Yes. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? I did that on purpose. I'm glad you caught it. Yeah. But you know, if, if you're in these unfortunate circumstances of suddenly being thrust into working from home and not having a total area for it, there's still things you can do. Like, 
pick a corner of of xyz room and just have that be your corner right and as silly as it sounds throw a blanket on it at the end of the day or something like just leave it yeah. just ignore it so you don't you don't stare at it all night so before we go into what do we think the lasting impacts are going to be mm-hmm. i do want to throw out um i i was my mom's a high school teacher and so i i was talking to her about this I did a survey on my North American marketing team. 40% of my uh, team does Twitch streaming. So Twitch? Yes. So they are actually more comfortable in front of the camera and have better setups and have thought about their background and their lighting. So there's going to be, we were talking about generation gap, huge gener- generation gap, both with the technology and making it all work. Nice. Um, so yeah, I was, I was telling my mom you know who now they're forced with or they're facing the potential of having to do next school year remote and i was saying you probably should be talking to your kids yeah because they actually know how to pull this off from a you know sort of technology and implementation yeah. standpoint yep uh, other battle station equipment i'd recommend external speakers really okay yep. uh laptop speakers etc stink yeah but then you also have to deal with the echo issue. That's fine. If you have a, a high quality computer such as an Apple <laughs> Mac OS it can, device. It can work it out. It can work itself out. Uh, not sponsored by Apple. At all. <laughs> uh, also high quality webcam. Uh, I made the mistake. I had uh, an iMac, which was great. Switched over to a MacBook Pro and have the lid closed. So yep. I have an external monitor uh, and bought a shitty camera. Uh, I regret that. Now I can't get a new one without waiting four weeks. So again, level up, right? Like if you know you're going to be on web camera all day, get a good webcam, get a good sound system so you can listen in here. I know you have the, I don't know what you call it, the conference room speaker? Yeah. So yeah, I'll talk about my setup. So I am actually in a dark corner. And so in the morning, I have light streaming across my back wall. So it's as if I put the window behind me. Mm -hmm. The window is behind me, but it's like, behind me at a right angle mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter there's so much light coming behind me texas that yeah texas um so i do have a logitech camera um which is you know uh, interestingly the one that the streamers use yeah uh <laughs> which is kind of funny um and i also have a key light which is just basically a bright led panel you know you may depending on your setup just be able to put up a white web page and create that effect but basically that lights my face enough that i'm not doing the dr evil thing um <laughs> which is which is good um i don't know depending on the conversation maybe you want that uh, yeah. want that effect but at least then i have the choice um <laughs> you're in control of your destiny yeah i'm in control of my destiny and yeah i did go to amazon and i bought the conference room speaker yeah because for the first couple of weeks i was doing headphones and it was always like AirPods, AirPods yep. like in, out, in, yep. out. And I was yep. constantly fidgeting with them. And, you know, you, it, I just, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, especially if you're in a leadership position and you're like on the phone all the time, mm-hmm. uh, just ease, like make it all easy. And so with the conference room speaker thing, I get on the phone, it turns on, it catches voice from across the room. Yep. Great. It's got excellent auto gain. Yeah, the audio quality coming out of it's not anything special, but like it's doing what I need it to do. And so then I can wander this room and not have to worry about is that a dark spot or can they not hear me or, you know, whatever. That might be my next purchase, quite honestly. I'm, yeah. Because I do the same thing where I walk around the room. 
Yeah. And so yeah. you explore the space. Explore the space. I actually have a dry erase board and everything else. So right. just sit there and just mentally write stuff down and whatnot. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 I'm very envious. I might be picking up one of those soon here. All right. So how much of this is going to stick around? What What do we think? It depends on your profession. I think. Uh, quite honestly, I think it depends on your profession. I think marketing. My prediction is. A lot of marketing has been remote. I think this is the final nail in the coffin where remote's accepted. Uh, so from a marketing perspective, I think this will be a very permanent thing for a lot, a lot of people. I think the same with sales, quite honestly. Um, well, sales, you know, here's the interesting thing is sales was there before. Yeah. You know, like if you had a team out in the field, mm-hmm. like they were 100% distributed. But even, even, even like an internal inbound team, yeah. you know, I think... Look, you got Salesforce, I mean, or take your CRM. I mean, you have sales, right. you have all the metrics right there. You can listen on the calls, you can sit there and coach, you can whisper and everything else right there. Um, I think engineering, quite honestly, you might be the exception, like your company, but for the most part, like all the companies I see, they're all remote to begin with. You know, you have inshore, offshore, onshore. Everyone's kind of used to it anyway. So I, I'll, I think this is very transformational um right that that's my prediction this is transformational how that that comes to fruition i don't know i think we work thank goodness that didn't go public because that would have been a disaster and a half more than it is right now yeah um i think co-working space is probably like we work is probably going to be screwed flat out yeah screwed um i think i actually read a, I read a story and saw a story on one of the you know networks about if you think like the restaurants that are outside these commercial buildings in cities, people aren't showing up, even if they're half occupied, there goes half their patrons. Um, I, I, I think this is gonna be very transformational in how we live period. I think like you look at, uh, who just bought Grubhub? Um, Uber, Uber well, bought Grubhub, right? Well, or they were or talking about, I didn't of it. Yeah. Yeah. There were talks of it. I think like the delivery economy. So it used to be the sharing economy. I think it's transforming to the delivery economy. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard someone say that the big tech companies were in a race to see who could be the last coming back. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier, <laughs> a few, few, few minutes ago at dinner, like, uh, you know, Twitter announced that you could be work from home for wherever, right? right. Forever, forever. Just right. work wherever you want forever. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens with the quality of salaries. So you take a company such as Facebook, such as Twitter, such as Google, that's based out in the Bay Area, and obviously they have the location salaries. Everything's kind of out there. Yep. Um, if that barrier goes away, what happens to those salaries? Right. Do you get compensated more to live in the Bay Area? <laughs> There's no amount you could pay me to live in the Bay well, Area. <laughs> Sure, but could you imagine? Well, there probably is. Like, if I think really hard, there probably is a number. There's a number. Yeah, there's a number. (laughs) But is there? Is there like you know? Do these folks that were getting those salaries out there, and they decide, you know, I'm going to pack my bags and go live on an island somewhere? Right. Are they going to get paid the same? I think there's. So my, I think it's become a delivery economy. I think is what the next transformation is. Um, And I also am very curious to see what happens with income equality. Um, you know, the people that were really affected by this, these times, the global coronavirus the global, pandemic, yes. Uh, you know, the stat was like 40% of the lower income population is out of a job. Yeah. Like that's just crazy. So I, I, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with income equality out of this whole 
shit show. You know, it, it could be interesting because you, so if we're talking about really long term, right, you know, and I think this is what you were getting at, you're essentially taking a bunch of economic activity and distributing it outside of the global business, or sorry, the central business districts of yeah. cities, right? Yeah. Um, so people aren't commuting into central places. And so you're not having like a few restaurants that are servicing yep. that organization, you know, yep. I don't know, from an epidemiology perspective, that might be great to have your population more evenly peanut buttered across the country rather than, you know, in super tight, you know, uh, high concentration areas. Um, I tend to think that, that wages will probably stay the same and that, you know, we're not going to see like, you know, the, you know, if you don't live in Silicon Valley, they're going to pay you less or something like that. And I kind I kind of feel like that's going away a little bit, or at least you don't make as much as you would think you would living in Silicon Valley. Like you're still are net making less versus the guy that's making, let's say like 30 grand less, but living in like Houston. Yeah. Right. You know that the guy in Houston, like maybe having a less glamorous life, or maybe he is having an equally glamorous life because his house is 5,000 square feet and he's got a pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's also putting a lot more money in the bank. Right. Uh, because he's not paying all the crazy taxes and he's not spending the same amount of time in traffic and he's not, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, he's not paying the same housing, uh, prices. So, or, you know, even energy prices, like energy in Texas is just basically free. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think that you'll see a greater distribution and then you're the big divide might be. And so that could be like really good for a bunch of smaller towns that, you know, where you see like maybe those resort towns that become like that get this year round economic boom because all the digital nomads show up and never leave. Was the I think it was Tulsa, Oklahoma. Weren't they they, they were paying like ten grand for people to come there. They were paying people I think I uh, was it one of the states up in the east was doing this too. This was pre this whole In Oklahoma that's like a free house. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was like Tulsa, Oklahoma was paying people ten grand a year to commit to working in Tulsa, Oklahoma, like at a shared co-working space and live there. There's there was another program too, but I to your point, like okay, shit. Yeah. Vacation town turns into full-time nomad land. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, okay, wait, hang on. If I don't have to drive anywhere, I don't have to be within driving distance of HQ, then, you know, I can be somewhere where I can look at mountains all day. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then go play in the mountains when I close my laptop. Yep uh so the, at a well-formed battle station yeah yeah exactly okay right when i click sleep on my <laughs> on my <laughs> deeply thought out battle station yes 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 <laughs> so yeah you know i think it's going to have very lasting impacts i think that i think that you know i i can just you know maybe talking about our, our organization a little bit more i think that it busted some of the myths that you know, it couldn't work or that it was scary or that people right. worked less. Right. And it, you know, I, and I'm not saying it's like all great and it's hundred percent the best thing ever, because I think you're trading, you know, like you're trading on one hand, employees are not interrupted at, to near the same degree by water cooler, cooler talk or random distractions. So they get their assigned work done faster. Right. However, they're substantially more out of the loop. Right. And so 
communicating that shared vision of where the company is going is just a whole lot harder. Yep. So yeah, you you got to pick your battle there and try and figure out how to, you know, overcome those challenges. Here's a prediction. Okay. Uh, travel. We were talking about this before. But yeah. I think yeah, travel, yeah, yeah. especially if people are more remote, uh, will increase. Hmm. So. You know, if you don't have to go to the office, I still think quarterly meetups, yearly meetups, semi-annual meetups with a team, with a company will. So you think that business travel changes from guys in suits to guys in cargo shorts. <laughs> and I'm using guys as like non-gender specific. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I still think that people are going to crave and need the human interaction. Absolutely. And yeah. so no matter where you live, I still feel pretty strongly that remote company. You look at a lot of the remote companies that have been around uh, for a while that have claimed the fame of being 100% remote. They meet up a lot. Yeah. Whether it's team-based, company-based, they meet up a lot. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if you look at the expenses. Their travel budget is the same as office rent. So interesting thought. Yeah. So my observation was like, you know, if I had a remote employee on the high side, I wanted to see them every year on more ideal would be quarterly mm-hmm. um, yep. to see them. And because there's something about, you know, there's something about like the longer you go without having that physical human, yep. hu- human to human connection, yep. the harder it is to read between the lines on those emails. Yep. Um, or and, realize there's a person there. Yeah. Or just identify them as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Very, very interesting. I, I could get behind that, like travel net increases. I bet travel, yeah. I Again, and I think it will be, to kind of your bigger point here, like I think the trend will be less office space, less office rent. So investors out there, commercial real estate will probably shift quite a bit is my suspicion so uh you know as we're as we're kind of wrapping this up here's another like um anecdote right so uh my father-in-law who's a lawyer Mm -hmm. uh i was talking to him the other day and he was saying he started out this thing saying basically like he wasn't going to work from home he was just he was going to send everyone away from his office but he was going to keep going to the office because he preferred the office what a trooper i mean well but like you know his battle stations in the office right so you know if he's the only one there that's still social distancing whatever (laughs) (laughs) right um you know so no no complaints there um but the interesting thing was he said he said the other day that he had done more depositions in a single day than he was ever capable of doing before because the administrative downtime that you lose from traveling between places mm-hmm. was zero. And so he could schedule them back to back to back to back and be a lot more efficient and not charge the client for the travel, mm-hmm. hotel, mileage, mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. teeny, you know, all that stuff, um, you know, that, that normally would be required. So I thought that was fascinating, like, like a truly arcane, <laughs> uh, you know, industry uh, realizing that. Well, the Supreme Court was doing freaking uh, phone phone hearings this week or last week. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, RBG's alive? <laughs> She's alive. Okay. But someone like flushed a toilet and it created headlines this week. Someone was on like doing a hearing and they didn't mute their microphone to flush a toilet. Uh that's interesting. That's actually a really interesting story. Do you think Judge Dredd will be a thing of the present here? 
I mean, he was always a travel to his customer type person. So he wasn't really he? was. Yeah. 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 Really. It was. Hey, it, side note. Did you know that they are considering making another Demolition Man? Speaking of Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. If you haven't seen Demolition Man, you really should do yourself a favor. I, I mean, I probably saw it, but it was probably also like, like two, two, two in, in the morning, and, and you know. <laughs> and uh, what's what what? Uh, Sandra Bullock's in there too. Okay. It's a great movie. Okay, like. 1986 or something like 1991 92 all right got a lot of stuff right all right excellent taco bell is the only fast food restaurant that survived uh you know we've talked about idiocracy right yeah 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 so it'll be like idiocracy in the future but except everyone will work from home uh right right exactly and with that let's get out of here yeah all right cool uh yeah we don't need any closing thoughts um the url has changed so yeah i checked it out and it was like what was going on today (laughs) what did you do chris well you let the domain expire didn't you (laughs) i I don't know (laughs) okay hang on i uh yes the domain (laughs) expired but but the thing to take away from this is no one drop caught the uh our domain so where is it right now i mean i bought it back oh new, you're just not new, playing anywhere new oh I, yeah so no it's still unsponsored is dot com is our domain name it's not so, going anywhere so podcast.stillunsponsored.com so if you do go to stillunsponsored.com it should redirect you to podcast it didn't it does for me mm. oh, okay you should clear your I cash need to, man. i need to look at it i need to fix it for you don't worry uh, yeah probably yeah okay. <laughs> i'm gonna call tech support here zach <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh together we're a whole person together you, you know how to d- do dns and i know what auto gain is <laughs> <laughs> yes yes all right okay everyone uh like subscribe do the things and uh we'll talk to you later hour 25 in the future see ya